So you don't know. <laughs> For my breakfast, <laughs> I had a um, I had the Manchester buffet special that um, is available during conference season. <laughs> um, okay, we are fine. Um, okay, should we just begin? Talk. Um, so I'm here with David Price Jones, celebrated historian and author. Um, perhaps you could start at the beginning, uh, David. The um, the British experience of fascism has been written about a lot, the British experience of um, anti-fascism and the communist experience in, in uh, Britain, the British reaction to it is much less covered. Uh, why do you think that is? I'm afraid it's really an intellectual failure that all the people who were setting the intellectual tone in the, between the wars, people like Bernard Shaw, um, Julian Huxley, if you, if you look at what they were saying, they're enthusiastic supporters of communism. Bernard Shaw is a terrible example of the thing. Um, he goes at the height of the famine and he pretends not to see it. So they were thought to be noble people doing noble things. And I'm afraid it was a huge, big lie and deception. And they just were not people um, sufficiently well-placed and intelligent enough to counter it. If you read uh, Rita Bullard, the British um, consul in um, St. Petersburg, you, fi you find exactly the sort of person who ought to have been in public life pointing out that um, the thing was, uh, was false, that this was not a noble thing. He, he has one extraordinary example of a, a ship arriving with 100 British people who come to emigrate in 1931 to the people's paradise of the Soviet Union. By the evening, their gramophones, their golf clubs, their bicycles, their clothes had all been stripped and taken away. They had nothing and were left with nowhere to sleep. And Rita Buller had to find them accommodation. Now, that was the sort of thing that ought to have been known and wasn't. Nobody told us about that. There seemed to be an entire intellectual class in Britain devoted to extolling the beauties of the Soviet experiment and also also covering for them. I mean, the, the class seemed to go that way, as it were. Well, there aren't really. The counter-class, uh, who, 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 who is saying what is the reality of the Soviet Union at that time? The answer is practically nobody. There's a Welsh journalist called Gareth Jones who worked for uh, um, Lloyd George. He... he speaks of the famine. He saw it himself. But he's, who's heard of Gareth Jones? They still haven't heard of him, you know. He's a very important witness. Um, but they, they get, I think, deliberately suppressed because people, the institutions that should have been reporting on these things were not. The Foreign Office is absolutely stuffed with, with Soviet apologists and even outright communists. There's a man, for instance, called Geoffrey Wilson in the British Embassy who's recalled in 1942 because his time is up, he's got a new posting. He refuses to go because he doesn't want to leave the paradise of the Soviet Union. This is a secretary in the British Embassy, for goodness sake. Um, and look at, the, look at all the Burgess and McLean and Philby stuff that's going on. We, we, uh, we, we, we don't know enough about it all yet. The... Um how, in your view, did that start to move? I mean, what everyone thinks of the position now, there was a there was a moment from particularly the 30s when some people started to get word out. 
uh, and it became thinking maybe of Muggeridge and and, and others who who came back with a a different version of events. Was there a was that a trajectory, or, or is it just a few individuals dotted around? It's a few individuals. There's no one like Malcolm Muggeridge. He he he's completely and utterly unique. I think the Spanish Civil War um, also froze um, public opinion because the press was compl- pretty worked unanimously um, behind the, 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 the government as it was and against Franco. So it was thought to be the moment when we were all taking a stand against Nazism and fascism. And this was false. Um, Stalin was only interested in taking the Spanish gold, wasn't he? Um, and um, Hitler was only interested in seeing whether his weapons worked. But this was all pre- presented as being a great crusade which we all had to fight. And you know, people, people like Auden, um, people like Spender, even, even Cyril Connolly wasn't a very political person. He has an article in The New Statesman um, in praise of, the, of um, the Reds in Spain. When was that? 1938. Um, so I think the only person who um, you can put besides Malcolm Muggeridge is George Orwell. And, and George Orwell had this horrible experience in, in, in Barcelona when the communists tried to kill him and he escaped in time. And look at the difficulty which he had getting Animal Farm in 1984 published. It was, 1984 was turned down 25 times or something of the sort. And one was by T.S. Eliot, who thought it was not an um, uh, opportune thing to do right now. So if people like Eliot, who is fundamentally a conservative and a Christian, if he's taking the wrong side, where are we? Perhaps, uh, just to back, it might be worth just mentioning that about, about Muggeridge and, and what happened to him in the 30s on this. Muggeridge was uh, um, married to Kitty, and she was the niece of Mrs. Webb, um, and the Webbs had r- fallen for communism completely, and they wrote a book about um, a, a thousand pages long, taking what they were told at absolute face value, that it was a constitutional miracle, that uh, the, the prison reform, that the gulag was nothing but um, good purposes being served, and it's probably the silliest and stupidest book that was ever been written. Um, it's just has no bearing whatever on reality. Malcolm Muggeridge went out believing that because Kitty's aunt and uncle Sidney Webber—that's what they'd tell them. And Muggeridge is an interesting and intelligent man, and he spotted that they, he'd been lied to, and he has a, a, a book about it. But even so, he—it's he, in the form of fiction. It's a novel, and it's not a report. So there are the the other person I can think of um, who follows along that principle is Arthur Kersler. Um, Arthur had been a, a, a communist, and um, he's captured um, um, by the Franco people, and he writes um, the Scum of the Earth and his, his testimony. So the communists, of course, um, soon bracketed these two together and. Um, Humanity in Paris published an, uh, a, a had ran a campaign saying the death sentence for Orwell and Kersler. and um, it doesn't exactly encourage you to be threatened um, with the death penalty for writing an article. Um, 
actually, I think those two particular people really were such strong personalities um, that they came through. I think this country owes George Orwell an enormous debt that we didn't have the post-1945 communist experience that the French and the Italians uh, did have because Orwell had written 1984. And if that stopped people in their tracks, it was a tremendous, tremendous shock to, that uh, an English intellectual like Orwell um, could write a book like that. Uh, but this went on after the war, didn't it? I mean, there remained this, this strain, whereas nobody after 1945 in British public life would have said, you know, we've, we just haven't tried fascism properly yet. Uh, there's another version of it that we could go round. Nobody would say that. But yet there were people, um, after the horrors became very well known, who were still in the positions in British public life and intellectual life who, who did think that we could get there with the communist experiment. How long did that go on for? Well, has it fully died? I don't think it has completely died. There are still people um, who think that Stalin um, helped us win the war and therefore he was justified in doing whatever it was he did. Um, and if you have to kill 10 million people, well, that's what you do, isn't it? And um, you're right that nobody ever suggested a rerun of, 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 of fascism but, or Nazism. But communism is a different story because... It's been presented as being um, somehow on the right side, progressive. That's, what, that, that's how it's got um, presented to the public. And, of course, it's, it's complete and utter rubbish. Um, the person who stopped that again um, was Solzhenitsyn. I mean, I, I remember hearing um, a, a well-known film director say, I don't read Solzhenitsyn because he's on the right. And... Um, this is this kind of idiocy is in our midst. It still goes on, and I'm afraid you find it now in the in the British Labour Party. There are people who still talk like old Marxist-Leninist figures. Um, I came across I don't know anything about, but I came across the Society for the Promotion of Stalin. Um, it seems an extraordinary thought, doesn't it? Now. In Russia, there's Memorial, um, which looks after the, um, does its best to rehabilitate um, victims. But there's nothing like that in, uh, in America or this country or um, France, uh, in which we actually talk about the, those people who were murdered in um, Gulag. Um, E.J. Hobsbawm, wrote a, a, a book about the whole 20th century, and he mentions just one person, um, a biochemist called Vavilov, who was taken away to Gulag and murdered. Just one. He doesn't say there were millions of others. And the Hobsbawm uh, trajectory continued right to the end, didn't it? That I mean, he remained, obviously, a very close friend of the Miliband family, and he remained, um, even on his death, lauded, it seemed, despite as I think Roger Scruton said, having, I think when he got the OM, Roger Scruton said he'd got it for lifetime service to the Soviet Union. That, that, that is absolutely right. He got it for lifetime service. Um, when I wrote my book about the end of the Soviet Union, he, uh, and I attributed a great deal of this to, to the rise of nationalism in the Soviet bloc, um, Hobbesheim came up to me and said, 
in rude language, which I won't repeat, he said, um, your theory about nationalism is rubbish. But he remained a true believer right to the end. Completely, right to the very, very end. And he has some very ugly things on his, in his record. I mean, he, 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 he defended the Soviet invasion of Finland in 1940. He defended the Soviet um, invasion of Budapest in 1956. Um, what he's actually saying is, we must murder our enemies. That's what he's actually saying. And um, somebody should point that out. Those those strains obviously can be said to be continuing within the Labour movement, uh, parts of it now. Uh, would you say that that's a visible strain? I would. Um, there's uh, uh, somebody in the Corbyn entourage um, who was saying that the mistake that Chavez and Maduro made in Venezuela was they did not execute the rich. It's calling for murder. And... Um, the whole point about democracy really is that we do not solve our problems and our politics by murder. We don't do that. And um, people who say they're going to do that are in fact fascists. The, 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 what the definition of fascism is that you take whatever measure you need to solve any dispute by whatever degree of violence is required. That's fascism. And um, it won't do. We can't have it. And just to start to wrap up, but the um, any other thoughts on why this strain has continued like this? I mean, we see polls, uh, will be including some polls of young people, for instance, in Britain, who seem never to have heard in most of the cases of, for instance, Pol Pot, never have heard of Mao, very little name recognition of Stalin. Is this one of the roots of the problem? Well, I think it is, and it must be a, a, a flaw in um, education and in the in current culture and what's what goes around in our heads. They should be told about it. Um, I'm afraid that it's a complicated issue, isn't it? Because it's to do with public information. It's to do with the BBC. It's to do with who's reporting what. Um, so that then it's a question of expenses. People don't tell us. Um, that you know, when Obama go, goes to uh, Cuba, eight thousand Cubans were arrested. Um, people don't tell us that, um, and the, the cruelty of communism is is somehow lost um, in deception and um, prevarication, and I suppose uh, a wish to be deceived, isn't it? If you if if you want a quiet life, you better not look at reality too hard. Thank you.